Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Unstrictly Business. I am so happy to be back with you guys after the month-long break I took for the holidays. It was really needed. I got to go back to the U.S. and be with my family, which was really nice. But I am excited to be back with you guys because I love recording these episodes. I love sharing them with you guys. So I can't wait to get started. But this week, I had the chance to sit down with Elise Crabtree, who is not only the founder of Wabi Sabi Botanicals, which is an essential oil-free natural skincare line, but she's also a business mentor and intuitive guide through her second business, Be Led by Love. I actually came across Wabi Sabi Botanicals when I was having my own skincare troubles because I had learned a little bit about essential oils and how sometimes it can wreak havoc on sensitive skin. And at this point, I was just trying anything that would maybe work for my skin. And I loved Elisa's products. They just really calmed my skin and they smell amazing. It just felt like a little at-home spa ritual when I did the whole skincare routine. So I've wanted to have Elisa on the podcast for a while now, and I'm excited that we were able to make this work. But since the launch of Wabi Sabi Botanicals almost seven years ago, Elise has learned a lot and shared a lot in this episode. But one of the main things that she has come to embrace as well as share with other business owners is the importance of restoring a balance of both masculine and feminine energies in business. If you're not sure what that means, the masculine side of business is one we all know well. Hustling for eight hours a day, five days a week, being assertive, competitive, organized, having strategy, leaving emotions outside of business, while the feminine, on the other hand, is open to receiving, accepting of rest, more about strong communicative values. So today, you'll learn how Elise went from a behavioral therapist and aide to launching Wabi Sabi Botanicals, as well as Be Led by Love. Her intuitive business practices led her from just one inspirational Pinterest pin of an at-home skincare recipe to ending up creating a line of products that went on to be featured in Urban Outfitters. So this episode is filled with actionable advice from Elise on how to build a business that aligns with your unique life path. I personally found this one really interesting because I definitely lean on more of the feminine side of business, more work-life balance, more go with the flow, and it was really interesting to hear more about the balancing of those masculine and feminine energies. So whether you're someone that is more of the masculine side or more of the feminine, I think that this is a really great episode to listen to because Elise had a lot to share. So I hope you guys enjoy and I'm happy to be back with you guys again. Welcome to Unstrictly Business, a podcast where we interview business owners about everything that helps them succeed, from business advice to self-care and everything in between. I'm your host, Callie, and each week we'll share a new episode with behind-the-scenes content that reveals what it's really like to run a successful business. Hi, Elise. Thank you so much for coming on today. I have been following your brand for so long, so I'm really excited to share your brand with our listeners and get to learn a little bit more about the behind-the-scenes of Wabi Sabi. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to share. So as always, we usually like to start all the way back to maybe little Elise, either middle school or high school. And I am always curious if people had any inkling towards what they end up doing as an entrepreneur. So were you always interested in beauty or botanicals? 
Um, or is this something that kind of came on later in life? My curiosity with um, skincare and especially with natural skincare really, you know, was brought on later in life. But my entrepreneurial spirit, you could say, has always been really present. And like I would start up little little, I would have business ideas. Like I, you know, like I created my own magazine, created my own fashion line. Like I would just, I was always wanting to create something like, and so there was that drive to create something of my own from a really young age, even though I had no idea what it was going to be. Yeah. I love that. I always love hearing people's little business ideas when they're younger, but magazine, I feel like that's a pretty unique one. What was magazine? I know. It was called Star Search and it was a celebrity oh. magazine. I was quite, you know, just starstruck. So yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> I love that. Were, did you have any entrepreneurial people in your life that maybe would have inspired this entrepreneurial spirit or was it just kind of your own thing? Yeah, no, I did not know any entrepreneurs. Everybody in my life growing up was very much you know, sort of nine to five hustle and grind. And I just, you know, I've always been like having, like I have this very feminine energy that just wants to flow freely and doesn't like to be confined to a like really strict schedule. And so I always just felt this like, you know, calling to just chart my own path and just sort of flow freely. And, and that has ended up being, with entrepreneurship and starting my own business, which has allowed me to have a lifestyle that is so much more free flowing. Um, and, and like in other areas of life too. Yeah. I love that. I love how you touch on the feminine side of business. I think that a lot of times we might get more masculine side of business advice. And I think obviously both are important in the business world, Mm -hmm. but we might like, we can be a little bit scarier maybe to lean into the more feminine side. Yes, totally. It's, traditionally business has been this very masculine heavy arena and you know it's interesting because you see this awakening of like conscious business happening and conscious entrepreneurship where there's really like a deeper purpose behind these businesses where they they care about the earth they they care about the impact they're having it's not just this drive to make money make money make money and you see that that's really the introduction of the feminine into business this loving nurturing compassionate free-flowing side that's not as like you know, strict and, and like, this is, you know, business. It's like, well, this is business and there's heart in it. Like it's, it's, we're connecting the heart and the mind, which is this really beautiful awakening that's happening. Yeah. I love the way that you describe that. And I feel like people feel more connected to that. I know with your brand, you can instantly feel the type of person you are. Like I just saw that you were doing the monthly themes, which I think is really fun. So I think that people feel can feel really connected to that. Do you have any specific stories that really stuck with you of customers that really felt connected to what you were preaching? That is actually like one of my favorite things about what I do is the messages and emails and testimonials that I receive from women. And I mean, this has been, I've, you know, I started my business like almost seven years ago now. And so this has been going on for years where I've just, I received the most beautiful messages of women who are impacted by not just the products, which that's great. I mean, obviously, but 
by the by the the meaning behind the products and the and the love behind the brand and the just the overall experience that they encounter and um and to receive those those messages of of like you know thank you for creating these products that have literally changed my life like you don't we don't think of like oh a product you know, like, I mean, yeah, it's just a skincare product, right? Like it's just a beauty product at the end of the day, but like, you know, it's the message and the intention behind it. And that again, that's like bringing that feminine, the love into it, like that can really be impactful and it becomes more than a product. It becomes an experience and it becomes a, like a mission and a message that people receive. Yeah. And I think you've done a really good job of portraying that. Cause I think sometimes it's hard to diffuse all your ideas and the personality of your brand and your mission into your products but even just like the design of your products themselves you can feel that femininity and Mm -hmm. the like relaxing the sense like it's very ritualistic Mm -hmm. um is that something that took you a long time to develop or it just kind of came to you naturally you know, it was the creation of the products and the designs and all of that stuff has really come just flowed out very naturally. There wasn't like some big strategy behind it. Like, again, like I really approach business from this feminine way of being. And so there wasn't like some big strategy and like, you know, like this is how we're going to do it. And like, you know, like it was really just like, this is what's flowing out of me. This is what I want to create. This is what I would want to have on my shelf. Like this is, it's beautiful. It's functional. And so it just really flowed from like a natural place rather than like a strategic place. And there is a, there is a place for that as well, but first and foremost, like it came from the heart and then like the mind got to like be incorporated into it, you know, but it was like heart first and foremost. Yeah. I think that is good advice for anyone out there that maybe feels like they're not a business person or they haven't, didn't get an MBA, but they really feel passionate about this idea. And they, I don't know, for me, when I feel like I have a good business idea, like the ideas just keep coming and I'm you're yes. like, where is this coming from? But yes. I think that it can sometimes have struggles with imposter syndrome or be like, oh, I'm not a business person. But I think that that is really amazing because you've created this successful business from just that came from the heart. Yeah, no, totally. I, I like to say, um, cause like a few years into my business, I started mentoring women who had like a sort of this just heart led idea to start their own business, but needed some support. And like, I would always say like, that curiosity that you have, that like that inspiration that strikes you, like that is like divine. Like that is your spirit. That is your heart. Like when you are working on something and you can lose time, right? Like you're just full of ideas. You're excited about what you're doing. Like there's no like big strategy being, being employed with it. Like that is a really good sign. That's like the sign that you're in flow, that you're, you know, doing what you're here to do. So Yeah, definitely. I think it can sometimes be hard to listen to that voice and to follow what you want to do because you might say, oh, I don't know how I'm going to get there or this is really complicated. Like, I'm sure when you started Wabi Sabi, you didn't imagine. I mean, maybe you knew exactly where you're going to end up, but I feel like a lot of us don't know how to get to our end goal step by step. It's just more about taking it one step at a time. But is there anything that you've done to get more in touch with that divine or more in touch with the ideas that come to you? 
Yeah, I would say, well, just to touch on what you just said, I would like, I've, you know, I think with any great journey, like you, like it's, it's about the journey. It's actually not about the destination. And so like, while you might have an idea of where you want to go, um, which is good, like how you're going to get there is not always clear. Like when I started my business, it, it was just like, I'm inspired. I want to create it's flowing out of me. And like, yes, this is where I would like to go. I would like it to eventually be an international brand. I would like blah, blah, blah. But like, like just like taking those, like the one step at a time. Right. And like, you know, trusting that the path is revealed as you keep walking it. I find that honestly, just taking care of myself, body, mind, and spirit, especially, uh, I mean, all of it's connected. It's all important, but really prioritizing, um, like, you know, the self-compassion and, and like the practices from which for me are like meditation, prayer, a lot of journaling, stuff like that, that really get me in touch with that part of myself. Cause like you said, it's a really quiet voice. Like it's a really, really quiet voice. And it's, we have so much noise around us all the time, including the noise in our own heads. And it's like, you really have to like take time to be in silence and be with yourself to like get in touch with that voice. Um, and so for me, that's what I do every single day. And I find that as I do that, like it really just continues to flow out of me and I can't see the whole path, but it just flows out of me. And I like, just keep taking one little step in front of the, you know, one foot in front of the other each day. And like, all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, this is amazing. (laughs) You know? And it's like, wow, I can't believe I'm here, you know? So Yeah, I think that is really nice to hear as someone or anyone that's on the beginning of that path because they Mm. wonder, is it ever going to stop? Are the ideas going to start coming to me? But you, like being seven years, almost seven years in and having your brand be in international shops and have lots of like clients from everywhere, I think that it can be a little reassuring to be like, okay, like at least stuck with her meditation and prayer and she kept up with her rituals and taking care of herself and now she it's still keeping on yeah yeah it definitely it's I mean we go through seasons like just like you know the earth goes through goes through seasons like we as individuals go through seasons and our businesses go through seasons and like it's just about knowing what season you're in and what to you know what to focus on and how to best take care of yourself how to best take care of a business and, and like trusting that like this, you know, the seasons keep changing, like it ebbs and it flows and, and it's, and it's a lot of fun. Like I have a lot of fun with it still. So I love, I love hearing that, but yeah, that's something that I also, it took me a little bit to get through is like this more cyclical business owning. And also just as women, we don't have the same, we're not going, our hormones aren't the same every week of the month. Our brain isn't working the same way. So I think it's, we shouldn't always be go, go, go. Sometimes it's good to not do anything because you're might be going on, your Mm. brain might be doing things behind the scenes. So yes, so true. Yeah. Incorporating that, that, that also is like that, that Uh, idea of incorporating the feminine into business because traditionally like the masculine, you know, hyper-masculine approach to business is like this go, 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 don't rest, no time off, no vacation, no, you know, and it's like, 
And, and you see where that gets us. I mean, we can see the effects of that in societies where that happens, like in the US, where it's like people are burnt out. People are burnt out. They're uninspired. They're depressed. They're anxious. They're all kinds of things. And it's like incorporating the feminine, which is this slower way of being. It's cyclical. It's in touch with nature. It like, it's, it's not afraid to take breaks. It's not afraid to rest. Like you see that like societies that, that live that way, like have that balance, like are much healthier mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, um, like it's all connected. And so the way I approach business very much is like that balance of balancing the masculine and feminine energies. Yeah. I love that. Is there something specific with the clients that you worked with that you kept seeing come up again and again for the female business owners? Maybe like I don't know if you have a specific thing that comes to mind. Yeah. Well, I would say that there's that there's just the struggle of particularly with female entrepreneurs trying to fit themselves into the traditional hyper-masculine way of business. And they find that they're just like burnt out. They just like, are like, I am like, I have this beautiful idea. I feel so inspired. I feel like I, I, I know what I want to create in the world. And yet, like, I don't feel like I can keep up with this, like, expectation I have of myself to, like, go, 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 like, get it done. And it's, like, just helping them tap into that slower side, that, that you know, being in touch with their own cycles when they're, you know, when they're more productive, when they're more in a rest state. And then on the other hand, I also, you know, have met and worked with women who kind of have the opposite problem where, like, they're so in their feminine energy that they like have no structure at all. So they find it really because you need both. Like you need both to have a successful business. You do need structure. You do need accountability. Like you do need the masculine energy, but it's just about having a balance. And so, you know, the, the most common issues are like, I find the ones who are hyper-masculine and they're like, why am I so burnt out and uninspired? I like used to be in love with what I was doing and now I'm not. And then you have the people who are like, have no structure and just like, they're really inspired and it's beautiful, but they have like, they don't execute, like they don't follow through because they don't have any of that masculine energy to like kind of curate, create a container for them. So just usually the extremes, right? The middle way is, is like where life flourishes. It's the equator, right? Like life doesn't flourish at like, at least human life doesn't flourish at the North and South poles. Like it's the equator. And so finding, finding the middle ground of those energies is where business flourishes and where we flourish uh, body, mind, and spirit. Yeah. I have always been really interested in the in-between in the balance, like even in biology where different ecosystems connect there's the most diversity there because yes. it's on the boundary of two different ideas and it's the balance mm -hmm. of the sahara versus the desert or not the sahara versus the desert the sahara versus the i can't even think of the word the desert it's like i feel like it starts with an S. Yeah, yeah yeah i know what you're saying yeah, yeah. that's beautiful mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. i think that that is really interesting and definitely important to consider when as a business owner but kind of going back a little bit to starting Wabi Sabi. So I know that you graduated with psychology major mm -hmm. and you worked in that field for a good amount of time. So did you kind of have an overlapping of Wabi Sabi and your previous jobs or was it something that you just dove right into? Yeah, I actually worked full time um, 
for the first like two or two and a half years while I start when I started Wabi Sabi. Um, so I was still working in like social work and stuff like that um, for the first few years and then just spending my free time building Wabi Sabi. And that was perfect for me because again, it came from this very free flowing place. And at that point, like I didn't want any pressure on myself to have to make like to have to be financially dependent on it. And like, I just wanted to enjoy the process of creating something and not have there be any pressure around it. It was just this thing that I was, you know, enjoying doing. And, um, and then about two, two and a half years into it is when, um, I made the leap and I was like, it's time, like, it's time to, you know, really get serious about this, start incorporating the masculine energy into my business. It was very free flowing before that and like have some accountability. And, um, so that's when I transitioned out of like my full-time work and went full-time into my business. That makes sense. It's always, I am always curious to hear when people make that jump over and, but I think you're right. I think it is nice to not put so much pressure on your business when you're first starting it. And a business does take a long time before it gets off Mm -hmm. the ground. So I think for anyone out there, that's even working a year or two years to not be too hard on yourselves because it can take a long time to get to the point where you can completely support yourself. So yeah, that's so normal. Yeah. I think sometimes people have really unrealistic expectations about what starting a business is like and just expect it to like take off and be this hugely successful thing. And there's some of that messaging out there as well, but it, you know, really it's like the best, like if you look in nature, like things don't grow overnight, like things take time, like, you know, a seed becomes a sprout and then a sprout becomes like a little bud and then a bud because, and it's like, so it's like, it takes time to like grow these things. And that's very natural. Like that's very, that's really the way things uh, work in nature. So. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's good to look out at other things around you and not, we're not machines. We're not robots. We have a different way of living and working. So I think giving yourself boundaries is really important and going with the flow but I would love to hear also a little have you share a little bit more about the origin story of Wabi Sabi because I know it came out of your own skin struggles and Mm -hmm. I would love to hear how you were feeling in that moment right before you started creating your own products and then a little bit about the beginning yeah um like you said I really struggled with my skin for a long time I dealt with like severe acne chronic acne and it was just really honestly I mean you know especially with women like we're taught from a very very young age that so much of our worth is tied to our appearance and our and our looks and so having like this chronic skin condition that the whole world can see i mean the first thing we look at is someone's face it you know it, it did a number on my self esteem and my self confidence and and like the way i felt about myself and so of course naturally i was really desperate for a solution like i was really desperate to figure it out i was like i need to get rid of this and of course coming from that desperate place i did not find any solutions um like i tried a lot of things and a lot of things didn't work. And I kind of got to a point where I was just like, well, guess I'm, guess it's not happening. Like, guess, guess we're living with this acne at least. And then I remember one night I was like looking on Pinterest and I saw a pin for like a DIY face mask or something like that, like DIY, some kind of natural, super basic, simple DIY, natural skincare thing. And it had never even crossed my mind at that point. Like it had never occurred to me that like you could use 
nature, like natural things like herbs and flowers and just like natural things found in nature to like nurture your skin. Like I had just never even thought about, I had never heard of that. I had like, you know, I was used to like regular old skincare products that like, there's nothing really natural about them. Like they feel very clinical. Like they don't really have natural textures, natural scents. Like it's all very like, you know, made in a lab. And so that sort of sparked a curiosity in me. Like it it was, I just became curious about it. I wanted to learn more about it. I was like, huh, like natural ingredients for your skin. Like I've never tried natural skincare. That's maybe the one thing I've never tried. And so I just got really curious about it. I started learning about it. And, and so it really just started as me like wanting to learn about something for my own needs and um, being really curious about it. And then starting to create really simple natural products for myself that just felt really good. I didn't expect them to work any miracles but I like, they felt different than the products that I was used to. There was this literally feminine mother earth aspect to them that felt really loving. And so that's sort of, it, it took off from there. And eventually I had the idea of like, you know, I'm tired of this, you know, this job that I have this, I mean, it's like this very masculine energy, like, you know, work long hours, get paid very little, like I'm burnt out. And like, you know, I was like, I really just want to create something for myself. I want to like be my own boss. Like, I don't want to have to do this clocking in and clocking out thing. And so that's when the idea, like, maybe I could make this a business. Like maybe I could turn this into a real thing. And it just kind of went from there. Yeah. It's so interesting to hear people. Like, I just am really, I love the idea of the first bout of inspiration and the eureka idea or something that was maybe culminating for a long time and then turns into something big. So it's really, it's amazing to hear that you just came across that one thing and it sparked something that created this whole new life path for you. Yeah, literally like a pin on Pinterest. Like I will, I will never forget that. It was so unexpected. It was not something that I could have planned for myself. Like I was just open eyes, open heart, open mind, came across something, felt curious about it and like followed that curiosity. And like through following the curiosity, like it led me to where I am today, you know? And it wasn't some like, oh, I'm so passionate about skincare. It was like, no, I'm just like really curious about this and I'm going to look into it, you know, like, and it's, it's crazy where that can take you. Yeah. So once you had, you were like, okay, I'm going to make this, these skin, I made these skincare products for myself. Now I'm ready to share them with other people. And I think you started your shop on Etsy. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about what that was like and when your sales started coming in and what you did to bring people to your shop? Yeah. um, Yeah. It started on Etsy. And I mean, literally like my first customers were just like family members and (laughs) like, it was like, I felt kind of lame. I was just like, thanks, Um, you know, but at the same time, like really grateful for their support. But yeah. And then you know, I just kind of was having fun with it. Like, again, it wasn't something I wasn't financially dependent on it. It was literally just something that it was like flowing out of me naturally. It was, I was having fun with it. And so I was like redesigning the packaging. I was just like, kind of, you know, after I launched it, I was just like, okay, I want to keep having fun with this. And a, a big part of the fun for me was like designing the products, like designing the packaging, like naming them, all of those things. And so I just kept evolving 
to create more and more sort of like legitimate, like a legitimate looking brand. Like that was, that didn't look like it was like made in a studio. And, um, and then about like maybe six months, I think it was like six months, maybe less into it. Uh, I got an email from urban outfitters and they had come across my brand on Etsy. And that's why beautiful branding is so important. Um, they had no idea that it was this tiny little operation. They were just like, wow, your products are beautiful. And they became my first retailer, Urban Outfitters. It was wow. like this. Yeah. And I was at that point, I was like, whoa, I, I was like, this is crazy. Like who, like, I couldn't have dreamt this up. I couldn't like, I was like, literally everybody in my life was like, your products are at Urban Outfitters. Like what? You know, they were just like, what is going on? Because naturally when you start a business and anybody who starts a business has encountered this, there's people who are skeptical, you know, they're like, oh, you're doing, you're not doing what all of us are conditioned to do. Like you're not just doing the clock in nine to five hustle and grind thing, taking two weeks off every year. Like you're going to do something different. Like people are skeptical and people like are kind of like, you know, waiting for you to fail in a sense. And so when, like, when, when I just was like following my heart, letting it flow, still working my job, making money and just letting my heart lead the way in this other area, like all of a sudden it's like urban outfitters becomes my retailer. Like other opportunities are arising and it like, not only me, but everyone in my life was just like, whoa, Elise, like, like it, it, it was proving to people that there are other options out there. Like we don't have to settle for the status quo. Um, and it, yeah, just super, super cool journey. So that is amazing. I am totally in line with that. I feel like when you follow your right path, you are shown and given opportunities that you wouldn't have otherwise. And so I think it's it's scary and definitely I have encountered people because it I think they maybe had their own idea or inspiration years ago or they're in their job but they've always wanted to do something else but they don't think they can and so seeing someone else do it makes them feel like hey why are, do they get to do it and I don't like oh they're yeah. gonna fail because if I did it I would fail so I think it's all about those people and not about you but it is easy to make it feel like, oh, I'm the one that's wrong or I'm the one that's crazy. Mm, yeah, totally. It's, you know, I kind of, you know, I, I have this, this visual of like, you know, like when you make the decision, like I'm going to like, we're all caterpillars and I'm going to like make the decision. Like I'm going to enter into the chrysalis. I'm going to become a butterfly, right? Like it's scary. You're like, I don't know what, like what's going to happen in the chrysalis, the chrysalis, like the the caterpillar just breaks down and becomes a bunch of goo. goo. But like, uh, you know, the, the caterpillars around you are like, this caterpillar is crazy. Like, what is he doing? What is she doing? Like, and, and, and like, it's scary, but then like all of a sudden you like emerge as this butterfly and all the caterpillars are like, Oh my God. Like, she became a cat. She became a butterfly. Like what the heck? I want to be a butterfly. Like, I don't want to be a caterpillar anymore. You know, like you inspire people to become what they're actually meant to be. Like, we're not meant to be these machines. Like we're not meant to waste away at jobs that we hate. And, and like, we're not meant to, you know, feel, uh, burnt out and like to be constantly hustling, like, you know? And so like when we do 
when we take the leap, when we, when we are the, you know, are, are brave and courageous and, and go for, go for, you know, something a little different than what we're kind of conditioned to want. Like it can really inspire others to do the same. And uh, that's just like a beautiful byproduct of it though. The coolest part is that you get to experience it and that you get to live, um, you know, the life that you're made to live really. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's it is it's a really special experience and that's why I feel like it's so easy to connect with other entrepreneurs cuz they really get what you're going through and that connection with your idea, that's just something really special. So I think that's why I started this podcast cuz I just love hearing entrepreneur stories and learning from them and sharing the stories with the, our audience. So I I love that. That is just so inspiring. This like just gets me so excited for the whole rest of my day. <laughs> That's great. But so after, so you get in Urban Outfitters, is this when you decide maybe I need my own website? I actually or, stayed on Etsy you- for a while. For the first few years, I would say I transitioned over to uh, an independent website like a few years in. And, you know, I also did like a big rebrand really changed up the packaging. Like I made everything way more legit looking. I didn't want it to look like an Etsy shop on anymore. I wanted it to look like a legitimate brand. And, um, and so that's what I did. I underwent this huge rebrand and repositioning and really getting clear on like what I was doing and then like relaunched. And that's when, um, you know, I connected with beauty heroes, which I'm sure you're familiar with maybe, and, you know, did a collaboration with them and, and just like, you know, a whole bunch of doors opened, um, through doing that. So. Awesome. Speaking of rebrand and relaunching, I, that's usually an investment people have to make in their business. I don't know if you have any like outside people helping you with that. Um, or if it was just all you for like the designing of packaging, it was, Um, you know, it's, it's always just been me. Like I, uh, like with the rebrand, like, so I, because I've, I've always like done my bit, like it's, it's been funded by Elise and I was on like a $13 an hour wage when I started my business. So living in California. So it has been like, it was very scrappy from the beginning. Like I have like, you know, learned how to be, uh, really smart with my money in the business. And when I did the rebrand, it really wasn't a huge investment. I mean, it was an investment of time and energy, but as far as like, I found something that fit within my budget and, um, and like had a very clear vision of what I wanted to create and was sure to communicate that. And then like, was really scrappy about how I did the other things. Like a lot of it has just been me learning how to do new things to, to do what I needed to do. And then as the business has grown, Now I'm able to like, just confidently outsource things, let like pay other people to do things I don't want to do, but it didn't start out that way. It really started out like me being the, you know, the, like the engine, the one who was like, I mean, I was like willing to learn whatever I needed to learn to like do what I need to do. For sure. I think it's, there's a lot of noise out there about like, there's $1,300 courses you can do for Instagram, for being a business owner. And I've taken courses, I've worked with a coach and it is really helpful and it can be something that pushes you forward more quickly, but it's definitely not required to be successful. You can learn all of those things on your own. Exactly. Like that person did that person that made the course, they just learned all those things on the fly. So yeah, 
I think that it's always good to see someone that did it by themselves. So you don't feel like you need to have $10,000 to invest in your business and get a really, really incredible website when you first start out. Like I think you can yeah. grow into your business. Totally. I made my own website. I did all like, I, I did all of my own like product photography. Like I was the one doing it. And like, I would say, and I think it was like about three years into it is when I like hired my first business coach and it was hugely helpful. Like it was, it was great. And that was the perfect time for me to do that. But like, I couldn't have afforded it when I started out and it wouldn't have been smart for me to do that. So I always say like, if you do have those resources available to you, there's nothing wrong with taking advantage of things like that. Like it will only accelerate your growth, but if you don't have them available to you, like no worries. Like you know, you have your own brain, your own heart, your own time, your own two hands available to you. So. Yeah. Were there any investments that you made in your business that you feel like didn't give you the results you were looking for? I would say no, just because like even financial, like I've taken quite a few, like, I mean, you know, as you, as, as the business grows, like I've had to take some, some bigger financial risks. And, and I would say that even the risks that don't pay off, like they're even the risks that don't pay off in a monetary way, like that don't have a big return on investment money wise, like you learn so much from the mistakes and just from, and I don't even want to call them mistakes. Like there are no mistakes, like, but you learn so much from the lessons that are gained from those experiences. And so I have found that like taking calculated risks is amazing. Like it, it always pays off. And, you know, if you're super careless about it, obviously not, then it's doesn't even, it's not even risks. They're just like, you're just, you're just reckless, but like taking calculated risks always pays off for me. If it doesn't pay off financially, um, then it pays off in the way that like, I learn so much and get to like, take those lessons with me and my future decisions with the business. Yeah, that is a good perspective to have. I feel like it can be easy to be hard on yourself about making mistakes or say, oh, or not even mistakes, like you said, just Mm -hmm. making decisions that maybe didn't give you the results that you wanted. But I think that that is the path and you learn. I mean, I have launched my business multiple times because every time I'm like, this is the way I'm going to do it. And then I realize, Mm -hmm. okay, wait, this thing isn't right. But I think sometimes people can get caught up in being perfect before they do something. But Mm -hmm. I have learned that I learn the most when I am just on the go. Yes, same. Yeah, if I had waited, like I have revised my packaging, my branding, like I've revised it so many times in the beginning but I still had, like, it was out there. It was launched. I was selling products. Like I was, and it's like, I, like, I'm so glad that I didn't wait until it was like perfect. And I just like went for it and then allowed myself to revise and like do that as I went, you know? Yeah. And so I want to touch on something that I feel like I've been coming across more on Instagram is like a little bit of hate on the clean beauty name and phrase. And I'm wondering how you've dealt with that and if you have a response to that because I I mean I have used your products and other clean beauty products so I'm just wondering what you think about that kind of tension right now in the beauty industry if you've been taking yeah. that too yeah yeah I um I think that like right like with like every for every like uh action there's an equal and opposite reaction 
And so like you had the, you know, traditional beauty industry, the conventional beauty industry, which doesn't care about your health at all that has been using toxic ingredients, getting, you know, having, you know, multi-million dollar lawsuits brought up against them, like, you know, and so then you had this response, this equal and opposite reaction to that industry, which was the clean beauty industry. And it was like, we're going to do it totally different. We care about your health. We care about safety. We care about non-toxic, right? And it, but it's almost like it's the pendulum effect where like it went from one extreme to the other extreme. And again, like what works is usually something in the middle. And it's like, so it became this like synthetic ingredients are bad. Like all the preservatives are bad. Well, and it's like, it became a lot of misinformation that actually isn't accurate. And, um, and so like, I think that that's the kickback. It's like the, 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 the kickback is to the, the extreme, like that extreme response to the traditional beauty industry, the conventional beauty industry. And like, I understand that because if we're living in extremes, anytime we're living in extremes individually, collectively, like that is not a healthy place to be. That's just the, you know what I mean? Like there's truth on both sides of the spectrum. And so finding that healthy middle ground, I think is what's happening right now is, is like, you know, for example, with Wabi Sabi, like don't really talk about clean beauty. Like don't really associate with clean, clean beauty. I like to associate us more with natural beauty because I love the spirit of natural ingredients. And that doesn't have to do with, you know, clean beauty or not. And so it's kind of just like finding that middle ground of like, what is most sustainable for the earth, most sustainable and nourishing for us individually, most sustainable and nourishing for us collectively. And like, we're figuring that out in the beauty industry. We're figuring that out in every area of our lives and in society right now, I think. And, um, and so, but it's interesting because you do see the pendulum effect. You see that like, anytime we go to an extreme, there's going to be like a kickback. Like it's gonna, it's just going to keep the pendulum's are just going to keep going from one extreme to the other. And where we flourish is in the middle, finding a healthy middle ground between the two. That is, that is so wise. I feel like you have given me so much amazing advice and just insights in this short amount of time. But I, yeah, that is so interesting. I feel like I struggle sometimes because I can be a people pleaser and I feel like mm-hmm. I want to see both sides of everything but it can sometimes be hard when it doesn't feel right to you. You're like, mm-hmm. maybe that is what everyone's saying, but I just feel like in my heart that feels wrong. So yeah, yeah. I think the balance and the middle and every action having an equal reaction is a really a good way to put that. As we finish up here, I kind of want to talk a little bit more about the work balance lifestyle. I know we kind of touched on things that help you get more in touch with your inspiration, but is there anything like, I don't know if you'd want to walk us through your day-to-day routine or things that help you stay balanced throughout your day, week, and month. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I have the the freedom to really create my own schedule, which I know that you know new entrepreneurs don't always have that freedom, um, especially when they're trying to you know work full time and also start a business and stuff. But for me, where I'm, where I'm at now, like I do have that freedom. And so for me, like, 
you know, I am, again, I'm not like the hustle and grind, go, go, go. Like I don't bring a whole bunch of masculine energy into my lifestyle. I really like to flow. I like slow mornings. Like I'll usually do some yoga in the morning. I always start off the day with meditation, try to stay away from my phone for the early part of the morning and just really like ease into the day and start the day off on a calm, just grounded you know, positive note. And, and then I carry that with me and I'll usually set an intention for the day of like, how do I want this day to go? Um, some days I'm like, okay, I want this day to be focused. I want to be focused and grounded today. And so, and that's usually the days that I have more that I know I need to kind of get done. So I'm like, okay, I want my, you know, I, my intention is for the day to be focused. And then there's other days where I'm like, I don't have as much to do. So my focus is to be gentle and loving and, and you know what I mean? And like, it can, you know, it, I just go with each day and sort of flow with it. And, um, and, uh, and, and like, you know, I've built up the ability to practice like self-discipline, um, which is also a huge part of business. And that is sort of bringing in the more masculine energy of like discipline and structure. And, um, so I use a planner. I write everything down. I have my, you know, my top three things I want to do each day or at least each week, my kind of top priorities for the week um, and use that as a way to structure um, what I'm focusing on. I'll, you know, at the beginning of each month, I set goals. What do I want to focus on this month? What are my top goals in my business and in my personal life? And so creating that sort of like daily, weekly, monthly structure, a little bit of structure, it's like a container, right? It's like a really like nice little container. And then like, I can just move and flow as I please within that container. And so that's sort of how I find my balance with, with my days and with my weeks and, and find a balance between self-discipline and accountability. And also like, you know, the reason I started a business or at least one of the major reasons was so that I could enjoy my life <laughs> and not be clocking in every day and clocking out and not be like working 24 seven. So I really make it a priority to enjoy my days and enjoy my life and find that balance. Yeah, for sure. I actually talked with this other natural beauty founder. She, Era Perez, she has, it's like makeup. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. She has some, she has a few skincare products, I think too. And she's been growing her business for like 20 years. And mm -hmm. one of her things was how it's taken her a long time to get to where she is today, but she was still enjoying herself and yes. able to thrive still in those early years before she was in free people and other mm -hmm. big brand, big brand name stores. And so mm -hmm. I think that you have to think about your priorities. Like if you want to work every 40 hours a week for one year because you're ready to make a ton of money and that's what you think will bring you joy, I think then that can be your path. But I think for most entrepreneurs that want the freedom and want to just enjoy themselves and take the time we have here to like use it to our advantage, then for me, I don't want to be a millionaire next year. I want to build my yeah. business slowly and get to that point eventually, but enjoy myself along the ride. Yes. I am so on board with that. That's how I operate as well. And that is really, I think the new way of doing business is like, we're not like living to work. We're like working to live and enjoy our lives. And like, um, I love that you shared that about air, air press because, um, that's totally my journey as well. I've had people 
in my life be like, Elise, like, why don't you buckle down? And, and like, you could be making so much more money right now. And I'm like, I make a fine amount of money. Like, and I enjoy my life. Like, I don't feel stressed. I feel like I don't, I don't work 40 hours a week. Like I maybe work like 25, 30 hours a week, maybe. And like, get to go on vacations when I want and get to like live the lifestyle that I want to live. And like, you know, and like slowly, but surely, like it is, it, it continues to grow in an organic and natural way as, as things do in nature. But like, you know, I'm not like, I, like you said, I don't need to be a millionaire tomorrow. Like, you know, eventually I will be, <laughs> but I don't need to get there tomorrow. Like I'm, I'm enjoying the ride, you know? And like, that's what life is. Life is the ride. Like it's not the destination. So. Yeah. I, and I also think that we work better in those conditions. I've yes. definitely, even the science says that if you are tired, you're not going to come up with as many good ideas. You're not going to be as creative. If you're not enjoying a really interesting dinner or you're going out and you're seeing this flower on the street that just really inspired you and made you happy. It's like, yes. Stuff yes. Like that, it's so, so true. I can't even tell you like the packaging for my products, the names of the products, the ideas for the products, they've come for that inspiration has come from my travels, from like nature, from, from being out in the world and living life. Like I wouldn't have even had that inspiration if I had just been sitting like anxiously stressed out, like trying to hustle and make a bunch of money. Like it comes from the living. That's where the inspiration comes from. And then like the bonus is that you get to make money because you're living life and just sharing that with others. Yes. Oh, I love this. This has really flown by so quickly, but I was wondering if there's anything you felt like we glided over that you didn't get to say or something that you would want to share, like anything wabi-sabi coming out that you're excited about in the next six months or... I mean, I feel like we covered a lot. I'm so glad that we got to connect and, um, you know, Wabi Sabi, we do have some exciting things coming. We do have new products coming and such, but you know, all of that is just flowing beautifully as it's meant to. And I would just say for anyone who listens, like, you know, the, the, we're going through this time in society right now, I think individually and collectively where we're really reclaiming like our whole selves and learning how to live at the equator, like how to live and flourish and thrive as individuals and live in our spiritual equators, our emotional equators, our mental equators. And, um, and so like business doesn't, you know, starting a business doesn't have to be this like stressful thing. It can be this really beautiful flowing, but also somewhat structured journey. And yeah, it's well worth it to take that ride for sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Elise. This was really awesome. I will put all of your details in the show notes if you guys want to find Elise. But um, I think your Instagram is just Wabi Sabi Botanicals or? Yeah. And then okay. I have a personal Instagram as well that yes. um, is called Be Led by Love. And that's where I offer like the one-to-one mentorship and stuff like that. Perfect. Well, that I'll put all the links to those in the show notes, but thank you so much for coming on. This was really awesome. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Unstrictly Business. Want to learn more about how you can create a successful business of your own? Visit our website, dowelldepartment.com. Dowell, D-E-P-T.com. See you next week.